So welcome back to the Backroads Podcast. I'm Craig Spear with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan. Well, basketball is in full swing, Bobby. We got girls, regional quarterfinal round, boys starting up in by district. And believe it or not, even though the temperature this week in the Texas Panhandle is supposed to be wind chills in the negatives, you've got track and field to throw at us, which just completely throws me off my game. Yeah, it throws you off. Shoot. <laughs> you know, I did my my due diligence and I went looking for track meets and I found two teams <laughs> that went to a track meet. One yesterday and one Friday, I believe. Wow. So I've already got started on the top five, but we'll t- we're going to talk more about track after all of this basketball stuff. And, oh, boy, you aren't wrong. 64 1A by district boys games. And you've got them all covered from A to Z, right? Well, <laughs> that's a good question. Is that rhetorical? <laughs> <laughs> I have them all on a spreadsheet. How about that? Bobby Brown and her infamous spreadsheet. For anybody that doesn't know Bobby, I would give her a hard time about her spreadsheets. But I love spreadsheets, too. We <laughs> love Excel. and We love putting spreadsheets together. And she does these wonderful spreadsheets that keep track of girls and boys basketball playoffs. She does it for football, too. Anything she's keeping up with, it's in an Excel spreadsheet. But everything you need to know is right there. And out of the goodness of her heart, she makes it downloadable for anybody to get in there and do with it what they want. It's huge, yeah. Uh, Just, you know, it's just me putting in information. Uh, I will tell you that I got the last boys game information this uh, I guess a few hours ago, I texted a football coach to get it, and he was very forthcoming. So finally got that last game I was looking for, and so now it's complete. And as far as the spreadsheets, they're just easier to read than a bracket. I would agree with you. Much easier to read, but maybe, you know, people might think we're a little weird, Bobby. Our you know, a little differently, but. Of course they think we're weird. We're nerds, Craig. <laughs> Big old nerds. That's all I got to say about that. But, you know, this gives them another option so they can view it this way in a spreadsheet or they can go to the bracket on the UIL website and look there. That they can. Well, speaking of it, let's get to it. Girls regional quarterfinal round action going on and so much movement. And and it's kind of interesting because I went through and tried to figure this out. So when you look at it, of the top 25 teams as we headed into the playoffs, we've only lost seven of them, which tells me that as much as the rankings sometimes are way off, they weren't in bad shape because three of those seven lost to teams that were ranked. So we really only lost four teams to unranked teams. I think that's pretty good at this point in uh, the brackets. Oh, I totally agree with you. Um, One thing that I am extremely impressed with and want to point out heavily is that a fourth seed made their way into the regional quarterfinal round, and that is the Gordon Lady Longhorns. Of course, they're going to have to play the winner of their district, Huckabee. (laughs) I don't know how that's going to go, but, you know, Gordon, they came on really strong here in the playoff round, so... I have to give a good shout out to the fourth seed Gordon Lady Longhorns. Congratulations, ladies, uh, for working hard. Uh, there's some others in there, you know, 
Uh, last week, we talked about District 14 and how incredibly difficult that district was. Well, if you'll look, three of those teams still right there in the regional corn final round. That, that's what amazed me is you go through things, you see districts that are just absolutely loaded and it has showed up in this playoff round. Oh, District 8, Sands, Klondike, and Borden County. They're there. District 14, Westbrook, Highland, and Hermely. In Region 3, you have got Gordon, Huckabee, and Lingleville, all out of District 19. With Blum being the only team that didn't advance, and they had 15th-ranked Richland Springs. And guess what? Richland Springs is at this point. So outside of Blum falling to Richland Springs, District 19 has been dominant there in Region 3. That is correct. And, I mean, and look at Region 4. All the winners, uh, there's two from Chirino uh, and Zavala are still in from District 28. One interesting thing is McMullen County and Rock Springs play Tuesday in Bandera. And um, I was going to go to Bandera this week and found that I could not, or I would have been at that game. My sister lives there and teaches there at Bandera ISD. So I'm going to send my sister, and she's going to keep me updated on the scores and stuff. So let's get into looking at where these all are playing. Exactly. Well, you know what? Let's just stay there in Region 4 since that's where you had us at. And it's kind of interesting because when you look at the top half of the bracket of what's left, all four teams left are all four ranked. And maybe the biggest game in that region goes on in Wells Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. Sherino and Natchez, number seven versus number six. This should be a really good ballgame. I, I think it really will be. Seems like that that matchup in the past, in past years, has uh, come down to the very wire. So I can't even pretend to know who's going to win that one because both teams are uh, fairly evenly matched. So that's going to be a very interesting game, and it doesn't start till 8 o'clock. That kind of surprised me. Yeah, that is a late game, especially for girls' games. Uh, and then the winner of that one, and you talked about it, number 12, McMullen County, and number 25, Rock Springs, doing battle at 6 o'clock in Bandera, and that's the top half of the bracket. The bottom half of the bracket has nobody who was ranked, but two teams that knocked off ranked teams – and the top half part there, Coolidge, and you had talked about them, uh, the Lady Yellow Jackets, taking out number 14, Wells, a team that we both thought was playing really well, beat them 56-42. to 42. And the Nueces Canyon on the bottom half there defeats Moulton, the Lady Kittens, 46-31. to 31. And so, well, you look at it, and, I mean, this side of the bracket is wide open. It really is. And. Let me tell you, I, I read some commentary about what happened in that Moulton versus Nueces Canyon game, and it seems that Moulton saved up all their turnovers to make in that game, and they all happened in like the first two quarters. So um, I think that Moulton is a lot better than what they showed against Nueces Canyon, but you know what? Lady Panthers come out on top. Well, that's, that's impressive there. So uh, that's Region 4. And, uh, I mean, it, it going to be interesting. We'll see who ends up getting through and, and on to state in that one. We'll move up one region. Let's go to region three, top half of the bracket. You talked about Gordon, the fourth place team out of district 19, they get Huckabee. Well, that's going to be a tough one Tuesday night in Weatherford for the lady Longhorns. 
It will be. Uh, let's see how they fare. I know they've already played Huckabee twice in district. That's why we play the games, Craig. You it never it is. Know. Yeah. Uh, Gordon fell to Huckabee uh, on February 1st, 51 to 32. But when you look back earlier in the season, they fell 62 to 31. So they've closed that gap. Can they close us some more? I don't know. It. If I'm Huckabee, it scares me to have to play a team I've played in district because they know you and you I don't know. It just seems to me like when you keep playing the same team over and over again, the potential for you losing just seems to open wider and wider. I totally agree with that. And, and we see it happen every single year during the playoffs. Something like that happens. I mean, it happens in football, happens in basketball, happens in volleyball. Uh, it's just the nature of sport, I believe. The next part of the bracket, who's uh, they'll get the winner between Gordon and Huckabee, Blueberg versus Dodd City. So Dodd City, they're still in there. They are. They took out number 23 Midway, 47 to 36. And, you know, we talked about it going into this. Dodd City is a team that wasn't ranked, but they seem to have gotten to the state uh, tournament time after time after time. You just can't count them out. And you look up, and here they are in the regional quarterfinal round. And that's got to be scary for everybody in Region 3. I think so, because, you know, they have been a pretty much a mainstay in Region 3 in that regional tournament. And so just like Nazareth in Region 1, Dodd City in Region 3 strikes fear in the hearts of many. That it does. On the bottom half of the bracket, uh, two ranked teams doing battle, Lingleville and Richland Springs. You talk about the Lady Cows playing extremely good basketball. Lingleville, of course, out of that really tough uh, District 19. This should be a barn burner. That's another one that starts at 8 o'clock Tuesday night in Brownwood. It does. So they're going to meet. Uh, I don't know a lot about Lingleville. I do know, of course, that they were in that tough district with Huckabee, like you said. And anyone in that district has run the gauntlet. So I think they'll probably be ready for the Lady Coyotes. And then we fall down into the bottom of that bracket, and it's Slidell versus Throckmorton. And, you know, Throckmorton, I think I read, they haven't made the playoffs since 2006, I believe. Wow. And I, they're I, making a deep run. Well, the, the one thing I can guarantee in this game is a Greyhound will win. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a safe bet, huh? How did I know that joke was coming? <laughs> uh, it's not a bad joke. It's always a good one. That's why we say them, right? <laughs> exactly. So we'll go to region two where district domination is the name of the game. When you look at district 11 and it starts at the top half of that bracket, Verabest. Uh, ranked number 17 in the state, taking on number four, Robert Lee. They were the winners of District 11, uh, a district that's got not only Robert Lee still left here, uh, they got the runner-up, Erion County, and the third-place team in Sterling City. That makes for a deep district, and it's got to worry you if you're very best. It, it really does. I don't know, because Robert Lee is really, really good this year. Well, that'll be interesting. And then the bottom half of that upper bracket, a team that I think people kind of have forgotten about. And yet you look up in the regional quarterfinal round and here they are. And that is the state semifinalists from last year. And that would be the uh, Westbrook Lady Wildcats uh, third out of District 14, taking on a district opponent in Highland who's ranked number nine. 
Yeah, that's going to be, again, another third game between these two teams. So we'll see how that plays out in the regional quarterfinal round. Go no, ahead. you're right, Bobby. It should be very interesting because when you look at district play between Westbrook and Highland, Highland won the first matchup there in Roscoe, 38-35, to 35, and then at home, a Westbrook fell to Highland 36 to 31. So two really tight games. And that's just got a really, man, that that worries me if I'm Highland because I've won two straight games against Westbrook, and yet they're so close. You know that just anything goes wrong, and Westbrook's going to be right there, and they've got that seasoning of understanding the pressure that comes with the playoffs. Oh, no doubt. And, you know, they're going to meet at 630 on Tuesday in Colorado City. I think that's going to be an epic battle. It will be. Bottom half of the bracket, number nine, Erion County, gets a team who is third out of District 11, and that is Sterling City. And Sterling City upset Eden in the first round, uh, taking out 18th-ranked Eden 31-25. to And you look up and you're in the regional quarterfinals and you go, what did we miss with this team? I, I really don't know. It's like they kind of just snuck in there like Gordon. <laughs> uh, you'd look up and you're like, wait a minute, what, what happened there? Um, but obviously, Sterling City, you know, they're made up of a bunch of kids that are really hard workers and uh, they don't give up very easily. We've seen that across the board with the Sterling City kiddos. And so I think that may have got, and that's got to have something to do with it. Well, we've talked about so many districts where two teams are meeting each other out of the same district. Same thing here, Sterling City and Erion County. Uh, Erion County won the first game 55-44. to 44. They won the second one 51-41. to 41. Uh, So both, uh, both games won by double digits, but you just wonder as well as Sterling City is playing. You know, this region really offers an a interesting look at it. You got three teams out of District 11. You got three teams out of District 14. And then the winner out of 12 and 13. Everybody else decided to pack it up and go home. Uh, yes. And, you know, there's one that we haven't talked about, Hermley and against Eula. Um, those Lady Pirates, I'm telling you, they're coming on strong here late in the playoff picture. And so I'm kind of in- interested to see how they'll match up against the Hermley Lady Cardinals. We know how the Lady Hermley Cardinals play. And that's pretty much all in every second um chaotic take it and ram it down your throat i mean they're very aggressive so we'll see how the eula lady pirates match up against that that should be a really good matchup that one's tuesday night 6 30 there at abilene wiley and then finally we'll finish up in region one and probably the best one to leave with because number one and number two sit here and if both of them can win on Tuesday night, they face off Friday at the regional tournament. So Spring Lake Earth in the top half of the bracket gets number two Nazareth. That one's going on Tuesday night at the FUB in a Canyon at 630. And then the bottom half of that bracket, the Lady Stangs of Sands takes on 24th ranked Whiteface. Uh, the winner's out of District 7. That one's at 630 in Denver City. And you just you look at this. Whiteface is playing well. Spring Lake Earth is playing well. But Sands and Nazareth, I think, are on a totally different level. And it just makes you just get ready for that regional tournament going on there in Level Land. Well, one thing that kind of surprised me is that the Spur Spurettes stayed with Sands. I mean, 
within a, you know, just an arm's length of them until like the last half of that fourth quarter when Sands just, they were like, okay, we're done. And they just took off and eventually won it by a pretty large margin. But Spurs stayed with them for three and a half quarters. So that kind of makes me think that, you know, maybe those Sands Lady Stangs are human after all. <laughs> well, the rest of the region, I'm sure, is hoping for that. On the bottom half of it, uh, Valley and Miami, I think the Lady Patriots are going to be heavy favorites in this ballgame, um, playing really well. And then at the bottom half of that bracket, Klondike, a third-place team out of District 8, which has three of the eight teams left here, taking on the runners-up out of District 8. That is the Borden County Lady Cows, who are playing extremely well. They defeated Jayton. Um, who was number 11 in the state, defeated them 47 to 35 in the area round. Yeah, that game was close and back and forth in the early goings as well. Um, probably the first half, you know, but in that fourth quarter, Borden County pretty much put it away. Klondike, you know, I, I've seen them steadily clawing along. And so, again, they've played Borden County twice already. I believe the scores were actually, were they far away? They, they were not. So Borden County. I didn't County, think so. Yeah, Borden County won the first matchup 52 to 36. That was at Borden County. The second one at Klondike was 52 to 48. So uh, should be really interesting in this ball game. Anybody could take that one. And end of the day, either one of those teams uh, face off. I'm going to guess they're going to get the Valley Lady Patriots. No disrespect to the, to the, Miami Lady Warriors there, but uh, I do think Valley is going to be heavy favorites in that ballgame. Should set up uh, what it looks like, at least right now, a really strong regional tournament there in Loveland. Let's go through this and see who, who we think might end up at the regional tournament. It's going to be at South Plains College. The regional semifinal games will be Friday, and the regional final will be Saturday to see who earns their ticket to the UIL state matchup in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome. I feel it will be Nazareth, Sands, Valley, and Borden County. I'm going to have to go chalk and, and agree with you on that one. Uh, the one, uh, to me, the one wild card in this is Klondike, the Lady Cougars, uh, taking on a team out of their own district. That's scary, I think, but I do think Borden County takes that one. Yes, definitely. We will, we're definitely going to see how that works out and it'll just be a few days before we have to find out. Exactly. <laughs> Over in region two, I'm going to go with Robert Lee, step out on a limb and say Westbrook, I think Westbrook will get Highland that third time just because, and the reason I say that is because I really think that having that playoff and uh, regional experience last year helps a team tremendously. And then Erin County, and I'm going to go with Hermley because they're so aggressive and they've been to this regional tournament. I don't know how many times. Wow. Interesting. Well, for me, you know, oh, that's a tough one. Robert Lee is playing really well, so I've got to go with Robert Lee, although I think that's a tough matchup with very best. I'll go with Robert Lee. I'm with you on the Westbrook pick. Um, I just think that playoff experience is huge. Um, I'll go with Hermley as well, and I think I'll go with the upset. As, as well as they're playing, I'm going to go with Sterling City to upset Erion County. 
Oh, everybody has to go with an upset at some time. I mean, how boring would this podcast be if we both agreed with each other all the time? This is true. Region three, when we look at it, I'll go first this one. Um, I think Huckabee takes out Gordon. Um, I do like Dodd City with all that playoff experience. Well, Lingleville and Richland Springs, that's a toss up. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Lingleville in that one. And then uh, Battle of the Greyhounds, I'm going to stick with Slidell. Well, and I'm going to disagree. Not on Slidell. <laughs> uh, I agree with Huckabee and Dodd City. I, I feel like that's, that's pretty much a, a done deal. Um, I'm sure Bloomberg and Gordon have probably got some nice things to say to me about that. But <laughs> again, we're just talking heads. But this time I am going to. I'm going to go with Richland Springs Lady Coyotes. Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out on a limb there. But Region 3 should be fun. That will be held. Oh, we didn't say. Region 2 will be held this year. It's not in Abilene. It is at Western Texas College at the Snyder Coliseum in Snyder, Texas, just down the road. And then Region 3 is at Legacy High School in Mansfield. And then we come to Region 4. Mm. That regional tournament is Del Valle High School, and it has been at Burger Gym in Austin for a long time. Del Valle is right near the airport. I had to go look it up because I had no idea where that was. So you're just moving across town, really. Well, if you're next to an airport, some of those teams may be ready to fly on out of there. But uh, <laughs> let's see here. Boy. I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way up in that bracket. Um, I like I like Fayetteville in that one uh, against Nueces Canyon. Uh, I've got to go with Coolidge. I like the uh, lady uh, running cowboys of, uh, I guess you'd call them cowgirls out of McMullen County. Sherino and Neches. Let's see. Flip a coin and it says Sherino. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you on all those. That's right. Uh, yeah, some of these are going to be a coin flip, but McMullen County is playing lights out right now. And Coolidge, I mean, you got to give it to the Lady Jackets. I mean, they came out of nowhere. They did. They did, and they are playing so very well. So we're going to have some interesting matchups. Now, folks, you probably won't agree with us on all these, especially if you're fans from some of these towns. And just remember, we're talking heads, and no one knows what's going to happen. Uh, but we do know the teams that are involved. And we wish everyone the very best as they play on Monday and Tuesday. Definitely. And one last note on girls, uh, as we talk about the regional quarterfinals, it is important to win your district. 22 of the 32 district winners are still here. Six runner-ups, three who were third-place finishers, and one fourth-place finisher. So end of the day, winning your district goes a long ways on you possibly having a shot uh to make it to the regional quarterfinal round especially this year it, it really does and i think that it's all about placement and you know we always talk about the luck of the draw well you know some of that luck comes from winning the district so i think that's had a lot to do with where we are now it has that pretty much wraps up the girls by the time we come back on for the next podcast we'll have our four winners for state but I will tell you that 
if you have scores, make sure you send them in. Watch the scoreboards on 1afan.com um, under the 2022 Girls Road to State. I do have scoreboards there. And as soon as we put the scores in, they update. So you get them from there. And we'll update the spreadsheet, of course. I'm going to go ahead and give a little uh, sneak peek of that final tab of the spreadsheet called region and state and for the girls side. So hopefully you can kind of see which direction we're going. Craig and I will be at South Plains College in Leveland, Texas, Friday, where we hope to broadcast the game. Of course, first we have to get permission from the host, which is South Plains College. And just like in football, we have to get all of the team's permission to broadcast their game during those regional tournaments. So I'm looking forward to that because it should be, in my opinion, and, and it's going to be this way in every region we look at, just some really good basketball. And that end of the day is so much fun to watch and call. And uh, you and I on the broadcast, I tell you what, folks, if you want to hear play-by-play, <laughs> -play, if you want to hear analysis, and you want to hear two goofy nerds, tune in. <laughs> Spreadsheet maniacs is what we are. <laughs> So let's flip to the boys' side, and uh, by district starts up 64 games Monday and Tuesday night. Almost all the games, for the most part, going on on a Tuesday. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Monday being a holiday for a lot of these schools and uh, not in session. But uh, we'll start and kind of give you a preview of what we think is going to happen in each one of these regions. And we'll start in Region 1, where the defending state champions reside. That is the Texline Tornadoes. Uh, they are one of six ranked teams in this district, four of those in the top 10. And when you look uh, just across the state, uh, six ranked teams out of Region 1, you got eight out of Region 4 and four in the top 10 as well. So the strength appears to lie in Regions 1 and 4. And in Region 1, talk about Line. They're number one. Number seven is Nazareth. Number eight is Jaden. And number 10 is Will Dorado. And... Uh, Three of those sit on the same side, the bottom half of the bracket, Nazareth, Jaden, and Will Dorado. And I just, this is just my opinion, but having seen Line play multiple times this year, whoever comes out of that side, I think is going to be facing Line in that regional finals. I do too. As I look across the top half of that bracket, I mean, you know, you have Spring Lake Earth. Can't give up on them. They've been... That's the first time that I really became aware of Spring Lake Earth as a basketball uh, team was what three years ago yeah about three years ago when Keyshawn and Evan DeLeon were both freshmen and they played so well as freshmen I thought they were seniors until I looked at the roster and I couldn't believe it so here we are three years what three years later and we're gonna get to see them again so let's see how effective they can be with their other teammates, but they're going to run up against Texline fairly quickly. They will. They would. The, both of those teams would meet in the regional quarterfinals. Uh, the other ranked team on that side of the bracket, Whitherald, number twenty-three. Texline and Whitherald played in a practice game about a week ago. Texline won that one by almost fifty. If that gives you any idea of how good uh, the Tornadoes are. Well, and another litmus test for the Tornadoes and figuring out how good they are is they played New Home in the Randall uh, Showcase this past weekend. 
and it was back and forth. It was back and forth. They they did lose to the New Home Leopards, and New Home's ranked pretty high up there in 2A. Number six. Number six, and I think uh, along with Claren and the defending state champions, will be the favorites coming out of that uh, Region 1-2A there. I, I don't doubt that, but uh, text line is, is the real deal again. Yes. <laughs> like we say that every year. Most they have some they have some folks that do things for them that I haven't seen in quantity on in a 1A team in one 1A team. I've seen them across 1A. It's just normally all that talent doesn't end up on one team. <laughs> in Texline, it did. <laughs> it, it does. Two six foot four players, the outside play of Willie Luther, who can also play inside. Uh, six foot four, Noel Lozano in the post, who's got one of the better post moves in Class A. And then they found really a third score in Elias Espino, the junior, can really fill it up from behind the arc. Uh, Coach Beckner can go seven or eight deep altogether, so it can really put a lot of pressure on other teams. For me, I think Text Line, uh, their opportunity to win another state title is going to be if they don't beat themselves. I think that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah, on the bottom half of the bracket, now that, that one's going to be interesting because Jaden sits there, and Jaden to me is a scary team because every time that the Jaybirds are in the playoffs, they just seem to know how to win. Well, they've been there for a long time, for many years, actually. And, and again, I, I don't know why I feel the need to say this, but not just because I'm from Jaden. Coach Blacker does an outstanding job over there with the Jaybirds on the boys' side, and I can't say enough good things about him, but he told me, you know, this team, this year's team is a little young. They're a little inexperienced. They're playing well, um, but he thinks that the next few years, they're going to be scary good. Coming from Coach Blacker, that's saying a lot. It is. Coach Blacker, one, in my opinion, one of the top uh, coaches in Class A throughout the state, and uh, his Jaybird's always playing well. And, you know, you look at it, you could have a really interesting matchup in the regional quarterfinals between uh, district counterparts Nazareth and Wilderado. Nazareth beat Wilderado in Wilderado in two overtimes and then fell hard at Nazareth to end the season, but neither team had anything to play with. I don't know how much that had to, had to do with that. I think Valley out of uh, District 2 might have something to say. Uh, lots of quality athletes there from that side of it. Um, and then I think on that bottom half of the bracket, you know, Lorenzo, they they might surprise some people, but I think it's Jayton's to take all the way to the regional semifinals. Well, I don't know. You can't leave out Garden City. They have been playing fantastic basketball here lately. And you know, they're all playing for Ryder Gas, their teammate they lost earlier this season. And, you know, that serves as great motivation for a team. And shout out to the Bearcats over in Garden City. That's, a, that's an impossible situation. And my heart goes out to them. So, you know, they could be the dark horse. You never know. They you may come out of nowhere. Yeah, they, they most definitely could. Let's move down to Region 2, which on paper looks like the weakest region, which sometimes can always be scary, too. Only four ranked teams in this region, only one in the top ten. And when you look at the top half of the bracket, you got two ranked teams, Erion County at number nine and number 22, Electra. 
I mean, you go through this, I'll tell you the team and, and they are ranked. I think Electra might surprise some people. They've been rolling the last shoot the last month. They have done really well in their district. And that's a district with Benjamin and Monday, uh, you know, some superb athletes over there in that district. And they've come out right ahead there in the first spot. Um, they get to take on Rotan, uh, the Yellow Hammers. That's an awesome mascot. Got to it say is. that. Um, then, you know, uh, Powerhouse, Menard, they're always there. It's kind of like Jaden. There's Menard. There they are. Uh, Cross Plains, Sterling City. Uh, of course, let's not forget Coach Salmon Slammy's Hermely Cardinals sitting right there waiting to play Cross Plains right out of the bat. Definitely. Yeah. You, you, and you're talking there about that bottom half of that bracket and you're right. Rankin and water Valley rank 17 and 16 respectively, but uh, I don't know. It just, it's going to be very interesting. A, a team I think that maybe could surprise some people as well. And they finished fourth in their district, but it would worry me a little bit to play Westbrook because there are athletes there. The question becomes, what did you see? Because they got such a late start from football. Oh, they did. They did. And you know what? Uh, basketball and track coaches always talk about the peak when you peak well guess what Westbrook may be about to peak and they may peak all over Eula (laughs) (laughs) I mean uh, you just never know I think that Eula and Westbrook play completely different types of basketball so that'll be an interesting game actually a lot of these games will will be very interesting Um, you have Rankin and Sierra Blanca, Van Horn and Sanderson. Some of these teams is so far down there that I haven't gotten able to, uh, I wasn't able to see them, but anytime someone puts it out live on Facebook, I see it and I'll go try to watch as many teams as I can. Uh, But yeah, we'll see how region two goes. We got a lot of games there and uh, several weeks before we hit the regional tournament so be interesting it, it will be moving on down to region three now this is a region that's got seven ranked teams but only one of those in the top 10 and the top half of that bracket some names that we we've heard a lot avenger that's a team that's won a state title before dodge city sitting there lingleville there are teams in that top half of the bracket slidell i don't think that's a team you can ever look past and you look at it, nobody really, I don't want to say highly, highly ranked, but it is very spread out and I think going to be a very competitive top half of the bracket. I think so, too. You know, Dodge City, uh, look, and there sit the Coyotes from Richland Springs. Um, they did well. Lingleville, uh, Sydney, uh, of course you got Avenger. You know, mm-hmm. Avenger pops up all the time between them and Slidell. Um, it just seems like they're a staple over in region three. They are. And now that bottom half of the bracket, I think the question comes down to, can anybody upset Grayford before the regional finals? Huckabay is going to try to, uh, they're ranked 18th midway at 20. But I do think this bottom half of the bracket is Grayford's as long as they play their game. I think so too. Um, again, just like Avenger, Grayford's a name we see in the basketball annals of uh regional tournament lore (laughs) yeah we'll see who's gonna get that one will it be avenger slidell 
or will Grayford surprise the whole lot of them and head to the state tournament in San Antonio? Exactly. And then finally in region four, this region ought to be a blast. So there's eight ranked here, four of them in the top 10. And, you know, there's so many games that you can look forward to in this one. We'll start in the top half and, uh, you know, McMullen County is the highest ranked team there at the number four, but number five, Dimebox sits there. If they both win, they meet in the area round already. Oh, I know. You know, and like you said, you know, this this is an electric region right here, ele- region four. And the sad part is the top ranked teams are going to meet in the area round like McMullen and Dimebox if they win their by district games which I don't see them um, messing that up they have to play right out of the box and on the bottom side I'm telling you Calvert and San Perlita bam right out of the box in the area round if they get past Rungi and Rock Springs but there I think there's probably going to be some teams in the top half that are going to try to take McMullen. I don't know that it's going to be necessarily uh, successful because the uh, running Cowboys are running away right now. They're doing a a really good job on the court. Um, You know, you said this is going to be electric. It's electric for the fans, for the coaches, not so much. <laughs> no, you're right there. McMullen County playing extremely well. Uh, they will definitely have their hands full. And then when you look at that bottom half, you talked about Calvert and San Perlita matching up possibly in that area round game. If you're San Perlita, the sad part is you look up and you go, but wait, my first round opponent is Rock Springs. This is no just easy pushover game. Rock Springs is a team that has been playing well for several years now. Yeah, they finished third in their district, but that still has to worry you if you're uh, the coach there for San Perlita. It kind of does. And I spoke to him a little bit earlier this week. Uh, A few weeks ago, he had asked me not to give up on him. It seems they had lost several of their players to injury (laughs) and, you know, they hadn't been doing real well. They lost by uh, to McMullen by 20. And he's like, you know, don't give up on us. I said, oh, I don't ever give up on a team. And they got their point guard back from injury. It seems that they are running on all cylinders. So Rock Springs is going to have a hard time with them. I know Rock Springs lost several of their key players from last year's playoff team. But again, that playoff experience sure does stay with you year after year, especially if the young players are playing. So, of course, we can't, we can't leave out Netches. I saw a picture of the Netches boys. I'm telling you, they should be linebackers, and they can play some basketball. Um, it's not often you see big, huge boys being able to play basketball without being just overly aggressive. But Netches is big, but they play basketball very soundly. So they may have something to say about it. But then, you know, we can't, we can't leave out Calvert. You know, they have MJ Thomas. He's only a junior. And I was getting ready to say we, we, all, we almost covered up probably the biggest lead, maybe throughout the whole state when you look at 1A. MJ Thomas, a guy who likely is going to be a Division One signee, that, that looks like where he is trending. And, you know, that is impressive at the 1A level when you look at it. And he's not the only player on the court. It's not like it's MJ Thomas and, and nobody else. 
he's got lots of help. Oh, he does. One of his teammates scored 61 points the other night in the game. I mean, it's not just MJ. It's the whole team. They've got the whole thing going on. So I think if anyone has a chance to make a run at text line, it would be Calvert. Now, even though I've said that, they play two completely different styles of basketball. (laughs) (laughs) So that might be fun. But Region 4, you know, we got some good teams in there. Um, NIPA, they won District 31. They come out of nowhere and and pretty much ruled the roost over there. And then you have Abbott. Can't ever forget about Laneville. Laneville is always in the playoffs. And then, of course, Trinidad. Trinidad's in there. Oakwood squeaked in. They won their seeding game on Friday. So they play. Uh, they played so hard to get that fourth seed. And look, they look up and they are playing Sherino. <laughs> well, and, and, and I want to make sure that we uh, give uh, credit where it's due. When you talked about uh, MJ Thomas's teammates scoring 61 points, that was Caden Bridges. 61 points, seven assists, which you don't usually, when you score that many points, you don't have that many assists and six steals so that that's impressive so that gives you what sounds to me like a very quality inside outside presence i just well, I'm, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself but i just sit there and i think man, mj thomas caden bridges versus will luther noel lozano elias Espino. i know that's a long ways down the road but you man. can't be a person for thinking no, matchup made in heaven. Two completely different styles of basketball, but really great personnel. Um, we can just hope that we see that down the road. Um, but before that time, you know, we have got lots and lots of basketball here. Uh, just like when the girls, like last week, a week ago, we were right here with the girls, 64 games. Now we're down to 12 games. Um, it doesn't take long in basketball. We got a lot of teams that are worthy, and we'll see who's going to make it to the area round. Well, it it should be interesting, and lots of good basketball are going to be going on. If you love high school basketball, just go check out Texas1AFan.com. Those spreadsheets are up there. Tells you when and where every single girls' regional quarterfinal game is being played, where every boys' by-district round is being played. And then after that's over with, Check it out because Bobby has it up there faster than anybody in the state. She will have the matchups and where they're playing, uh, both for the regional uh, semifinals and finals, which will be easy. Those are at four spots. So that makes her life a little bit easier. But then the boys area round, which let me tell you something. When you're chasing down some of these matchups, it is way easier, way harder than you think it's going to be because getting information out of uh, some of these places can be flat out impossible. It really is. I'm persistent to a fault and I'll pester the crap out of anyone I need to pester to get information so I can bring it to the fans. But at this point, I would love to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all the one eight fans out there who have posted the games and times and locations on our Facebook page. And that has helped me immensely. I know that helps a lot of other 1A teams because everybody wants to know who are who's playing who and where are they playing. And, you know, once you get into the spirit of playoff basketball, 
you know, it's great to go see your team and that's really what we want, but it's also awesome to go watch other teams. It most definitely is because you're going to find that there's going to be some really awesome basketball played and every kid is just playing their heart out at this uh, time in the playoffs. And so um, good luck to all the gentlemen out there on teams playing in the by district round. And, and again, a huge shout out to the fans who have helped us gather all this information and continue to send us information. I really appreciate it. That we do. Well, let's step outside of an arena, a dome, a gym, and let's go to that oval thing you call a track in track and field, Bobby. I know, right? I love track. I absolutely love track. And guess what? The majority of the teams are going to start running track this week, unless the big snowstorm hits. You know, that's all that's on Twitter and on the weather right now is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, bad freezing weather. Well, I'm here to tell you that there's going to be a bunch of track meets on Thursday. They may be canceled. We'll see. But I do want to describe what we do for track and field because it's special and no other uh, classification does it. And None other classification. None other. <laughs> no. 3A, 4A, 5A, or 6A. You only get this in 1A. You really do. Um, and it's probably because I love track so much. I absolutely hated running it and jumping. Well, I didn't mind jumping so much. <laughs> I was a high jumper. <laughs> but I did not like running 400. Uh, but when your coach says, oh, you built like a 400 runner, then you run the 400. <laughs> but I love track. I love watching it. Um, okay, let me ask you this before we get into this. What is your favorite track event to watch, Craig? Uh, you know, it's probably the, uh, the mile relay. Amen, brother. I'm right there with you. You know why? To me, it is an event that, A, is a team event. I love team events. But it also shows heart and guts and courage because, especially when you're running that mile relay, there is no, okay, I'm going to take it easy and then sprint the final 200. If you do, you're left behind. That's it is right. a sprint for 400 meters from beginning to end. And I think that tests uh, the courage and heart of so many of those athletes and you know, it's funny because you can say that and you go, yeah, they won. And did you see what she did? But the same holds true for the team that finishes eighth in that race. It's not like they're giving up the, I mean, it's athletes giving their all in to go out. And to me, that that's what makes uh, the, the mile relay, uh, in my opinion, the best race. I totally agree with you. And I, you think that's why they leave it till the very end of the track meet. It's always the last race. Got to keep people there, right? Oh, and let me tell you, that is a spectacle. I absolutely love it because there's, there really is a lot of strategy involved in that race, uh, actually in, in any of the three relays. So if you want to see some really cool stuff, go to track meet. You want to see kids dig down deep and show, show you what they're made of. That is the race. It mile is. relay now now I, I will also tell you when we talk about track and field i think and i don't i don't want to use the word dumb that that's not the word i want to use the craziest people on a track are running the 300 hurdles hey man that and the 800 Good the 800 God. used to be you know 
Now it's a sprint like the 400. I mean, back when I was running track, it definitely wasn't a sprint. I don't know what they were doing, but they weren't sprinting. But these yeah. days, it all started for me with Jake Merrill from Valley watching him run the 800. I mean, he'd just run off and leave people. And it yeah, was literally a, run the 800. Yes, uh, just a beautiful thing to watch. Um, but I do like the 800. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Who, whoever thought it would be really cool to run an oval track, three-fourths of it, and put hurdles in front of you. Hey, jump over this while you're going. Are you kidding me? No way. You know what? That event, the 300 hurdles and the high jump, are the two that make me the most anxious. Even when I don't have a dog in the fight, I'm just watching. Because, you know, you, you can feel for those athletes, you know, either running and approaching the bar and missing or running and approaching a hurdle and missing. Oh, I've seen that so many times and it just looks so painful. So well, painful. It, it definitely does. And I, and I'll, uh, you know, you're talking about track and field. I'll, I'll tell the story about myself real quick. So I was a tennis player in junior high and high school. And, uh, as with most programs, they expected anybody who played football to run track. Well, well, of course you do, because if you don't run track, you're not making yourself better for football. I am in that camp. Yes, I am. Okay. Well, I will tell you, I was not only slow, but I was short. I was a bit chubby. Track was not meant for me, but I love to play football. So the coach says, Sperry, we're going to put you uh, in the track meet. You got to go. He didn't tell me what I was going to do, <laughs> but uh, we show up at the first uh, track meet in junior high, seventh grade. And we show up in Panhandle, and uh, next thing you know, Spiri, you're in the 110 Intermediates. And I'm oh like, oh, my gosh. What? <laughs> so it, here's one for uh, – and, and coaches may hate me for this one, but uh, the joys of understanding how sports work. So I get on the starting line, and before the pistol goes off, I jumped. Uh-oh. And they go, you jump one more time, you're disqualified. We line back up. I jump again. Did you do it on purpose, Craig? Yes, I was not going to run down that track jumping those hurdles because I knew what was going to happen. The coach kind of got mad at me and said, you did that on purpose. And I just kind of looked at him. He said, fine, just go do your tennis thing. <laughs> I didn't have to do track after that. <laughs> well, speaking of seventh grade and hurdles, what is it with seventh grade? Everybody's got a hurdle story, I think. Ugh. Is that where they, they, um, they divide the, the women from the men. You know what I mean? <laughs> they divide something there. And I can tell you, I know which side of that uh, hurdle I was on. Oh, I remember seventh grade year. Here's my story. It's a lot more painful than yours. Um, I was actually a fairly good hurdler. <laughs> you know, I have long legs tall. I was fairly quick when I was in junior high. I don't know what happened in high school. Kind of went away. But uh, when I was in seventh grade, I was a fairly good hurdler. We went over to Hamlin and we were on a cinder track. Now, you got that stuck in your head real good? Uh, it's stuck in my knees. I can tell you that. Well, I had mo much of it stuck in my knees when I hit a hurdle and fell about halfway through the 100 meter, meter hurdles. Ugh. And I kept running the hurdles after that. So. You are, well, no. you are a brave human being. Well, you know, you go back to the bus. Um, here's a funny story about that. 
that was the first weekend I ever heard Michael Jackson's beat it. <laughs> and it was playing on the bus radio and we all loved it so much that I kind of forgot about the rocks in my leg. I had a friend help me pick them out, put some medicine on it and off I went. There so, I mean, I guess I was just raised that way. So now every, <laughs> now every junior high kid that's listened to the podcast this week is going, why am I running track? You're running track because it makes you better, it makes you faster, it makes you quicker, um, and it shows everyone how big of a heart you have. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we kind of got sidetracked, but I'm going to tell you about the top five because over the years that I've been doing this, um, used to, I would only do the top five in state. And then one coach randomly asked me a couple years ago, hey, do you have the top five in the region? Well, it was about halfway through the track season that I decided to go ahead and do that. Well, I had to go back through all those results from like the very first of the season. And it took me forever. It took me days, but I got it done. So now I do the top five in each region, region one, two, three, and four. And then also the top five in state. That way everyone can see where they are, kind of gauge where everybody else is now. This does not work unless you send me your results, especially if the results, the track meet you go to, the results are not put online. I do stock five different to track sites online. Uh, if it's done by high tech, you will have to send that to me. I can't get to that unless it is put on one of those uh, track sites. Yes, this weekend, while I was trying to get all those uh regional quarterfinal girls games and by district boys games I stumbled across some track results which I want to I want to brag on on several of those kids that went to a track meet this weekend but first of all top five how it works and if you can't remember this it is on 1afan.com under sports and then track and it's bigger than Dallas you can't miss it <laughs> but the first top five each year is published the first Monday in March. So that's just a couple of weeks away, folks. We check 1A school websites for track schedules. We put them on a schedule spreadsheet to keep up with all of them. Um, then I go see, uh, you should see it. It's a ridiculous spreadsheet, but it's, it's, it helps me keep everything organized. Um, I usually post it at the top of this page and you can view it anytime you want to. And if there's a track meet on there, or that's not on there, let me know, let us know. We'll get it on there because not every 1A school posts their track schedule. Some of the 1A schools don't even update their website as evidenced by some of them having golf schedules from 2019 still out there. So um, that's just an aside, but hey, 1A schools, get your website updated. People do look at it and I would be that people. <laughs> Uh, we constantly check five different track results websites for 1A teams. If track results do not appear on the website, I contact the coach to have them emailed to us if I know who that coach is. Now, here's the most important part because I get this every single track season. Hang on, hang on. I, and, and I just want to, as we go into this, I want to ask you because I just tracked my kid. He ran the 400 and I timed him and here is my time. With you're, your iPhone in the stands? Yes, you're good with that, right? No, sir. Okay. No, sir, because that, that's just not quite fair to all the other kiddos in Texas. So 
We do not accept track results taken by those watching in the stands, timing on a stopwatch or an iPhone. Sorry, Craig. Man, I know. But you know what? Uh, because we feel it's best to report official times. And we've become very good at pestering coaches for those results. Now, Craig, as a parent, you can definitely, and I would um, persuade you to do this, ask your coach to send the official results to texas1afan at gmail.com. But the coach didn't get the time I got in the stands. Well, that's unfortunate. And hopefully your kid will reach that level next week in the next track meet. Okay. Um, we strive to do our very best to get all the results we possibly can. And, I, and of all the sports that we track and take care of, I will tell you that track takes up most of my time. Every night I am searching for track because, you know, track's different from basketball and football. Football, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mostly Friday. Basketball, Tuesday, Friday. <laughs> track it could be any day of the week so i spend a lot of time doing that um and the final bullet we have one person who compiles all of this info it is a lot of numbers and sometimes i am a human and i have human error if you see an error let me know but please be gentle um i can assure you that i'm not doing this on purpose <laughs> Sometimes numbers get transposed. Um, I try to check and check and recheck. But if you notice, there are four region track sheets in one state. So that's five track uh, spreadsheets I'm having to keep up with. And, you know, sometimes it's a lot. I absolutely love it. And I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. I promise you. But I do make mistakes. And it's not on purpose. So just let us know. But again, be gentle. Definitely. No, it, you're right there. And, and I think that's what we have to realize as parents is mistakes do happen. If you see it, let us know, be nice about it and we'll get it fixed. Right. You know, I had uh, a few of the games this week where the first time reported was not the time it ended up being. And uh, folks were really nice about letting me know that, Hey, this game time changed or this game time was wrong because and I really do appreciate the kindness of 1A fans because, you know, it's a lot. It, it is a lot and it's a lot of numbers and dates and, and uh, we're not just putting it on the spreadsheet. We're actually uh, scheduling those games individually in ScoreStream just so you'll have a scoreboard to see. So, you know, it's a lot of work and we do receive a lot of help from our fans and coaches and school districts sometimes even superintendents themselves. And I appreciate it more than I could possibly say. No, I am with you. You do it. You do a yeoman's work there and putting that together. And I do know there is a lot of people love that. Next thing up is we're going to get you on tennis. You got to start tracking <laughs> tennis for us. Well, you know, I can do that. The problem is, you know, when you live in the panhandle, tennis is really, unless you live in Nazareth, pretty hit and miss. I mean, you might decide to go to one or two meets before like the district meeting. Some don't even do that. But then yeah. you have towns um, that really love tennis. Like, uh, let's see, who did I see on um, Facebook? Rock Springs. They're junior high and they're high school. They go to meets 
just like a track meet, you know, they go every single week and uh, they do well. So um, yes, I do track those when they get to the um, regional level. Prior to that, it's the most golf and tennis are the most difficult to track because nobody, those coaches will not give up the information, period. No, they, they will not. <laughs> Maybe I'll put you on that. You want to help me with that, Craig? Oh, my goodness. I, I think I'm busy, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> hey, it's not for lack of trying. I have tried. Uh, I mean, it's difficult stuff just to get the district results. Uh, but I do try and put those out as much as I possibly can. So I appreciate you suggesting that. Well, you know, I, I'm here. I'm here to help you as any way I can. <laughs> Except for when you're busy, <laughs> when I'm busy, right? Yeah. Well, I'm timing my kid in the stands and, you know, that's... oh, yeah, well, that takes up a lot of time. It does. It does. Uh, well, Bobby, we'll get out of here. There's a look at the regional quarterfinals for girls. Oh, hold yeah. on. Oh, I did. I wanted to talk about a girl from Lasara. They went to a track meet. They went to the McGallan Invitational, which is a very large school down in the valley. So Lisa Gonzalez, right out of the gate, ran the 1600 in 543.56. That's impressive. It is impressive. There were others. Um, of course, they're all on the regional spreadsheet right now until I get others in. Hopefully, we'll get some more in. Sometimes we have blanks that first week. But um, I, I don't really want to mess up this girl's name. I'll just call Exiomara. Rodriguez from Lasara. Uh, she had a wonderful showing in the discus where she threw 109 feet, two inches. And then in the shot put, she threw 34 feet, eight inch, eight and a half inches. So those are both on the board and we love to see track results. So again, make sure to get them in. I had to give those girls a shout out. They're doing a really good job already right out of the gate. That, that's awesome to hear. Well, we'll get out of here, Bobby. You and I, folks want to listen in. Regional quarterfinals will be at South Plains Friday and Saturday. Should be some great girls basketball going on. We'll have all those for you on the Texas 1A Fan Broadcasting Network. You don't want to miss that. But until next week on our next edition of the Backroads Podcast, I'm Craig Spear with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown, you know, the track lady. Texas 1A fan, remember to go forward and do good.